Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. We ready to dive in? Yeah. Cool. Here we go. Welcome to the Long Box Podcast, presented by Plus Waco Comics, your bi-weekly info dump of all things comics. That was my line. No, you say the first part. Oh, and my bad. No, I'm trying no, to no, it's, it's fine. You said, that was my part, and then you go, it's late. Welcome to the Long Box Podcast, presented by Plus Waco Comics and pl- Rope... <laughs> You said dive in. I did. Yeah. My bad. As soon as you said it, I was like, wow. I'm always trying to save it because I have it right here written. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Okay, let's re- rewind. Like, yeah. Three, two. Welcome to the Longbox Podcast presented by Plus Waco Comics and Rogue Media Network. Your weekly comic news update. Hey. No one should ever question where my allegiance lies. It's Namor. Oh. Submariner. Nice. Was, yeah, I was like, it's got to be a name or something, but I didn't know his name more. Name I started doing that is just pulling like from actual books, random quotes. Yeah, yeah, and then seeing and maybe seeing like, hey, guess what this issue? Guess, is. Yeah. guess who this is? Yeah, guess who this is? And then next guess time we'll we'll is. see if anybody responds. For sure, you should do like this long like Reed Richards monologue. <laughs> oh my god, just the boringest, <laughs> the boringest, boringest talking, most. Right? yeah. <laughs> Where nobody is listening in the room except yeah. for him. <laughs> exactly <laughs> on his pulpit. That's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. That's good. how we feel sometimes. Damn. Well, we are, are we getting ready to take a deep dive in today's episode? Yeah. Boo. Sorry. I couldn't think of anything else. But uh, today we are uh, all about Namor. Uh, we're going to go into some news uh, in just a second. But uh, the bulk of today's episode, uh, we're going to go into the history, the publication, uh, the origins of uh, Namor. The yeah, we had, some, we had some cool fan questions come in. So I think that's kind of what brought this up. So it's... We'll, we'll talk about it. We won't get like too intense, but uh, just something which we'll mention the questions later on. But yeah, we'll get to those questions later. Mm-hmm. But first, news. Yes, news. What y'all got? I uh, I picked up the news a bit of uh, that game that y'all shared. I forgot who game. it was. The Captain America and Black Panther game. Oh, yeah. It's not announced. The, the name is not titled just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Marvel Games and Skydance uh, New Media. Uh, revealed plans for a new title for Captain America and Black Panther. Uh, it was announced uh, as a part of the big Disney and Marvel game showcase. Um, and apparently it's going to be the, the first of its kind as a, of a Disney Marvel yeah. Marvel game. And it looked like we had uh, Black Panther, four players. They had uh, Captain America, Black Panther. It looked like Shuri or one of the uh, Dora Milaje. And then we had uh, just a soldier. But they're kind of the... The Dora Milaje and the soldier are kind of like uh, it's silhouetted, so you can't really see who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see what we'll see what happens with that. But it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks cool. It, uh, isn't it supposed to be like the Uncharted games? I think so. Oh, that'll be interesting. I've never played an Uncharted game. They what? look they look awesome. Dude, they're amazing. It's like I'm I'm not a big gaming person, but that's probably you know one of my favorite games to play over and over again. Yeah, I've never played yeah. the games, but I've I've watched the story walkthroughs before. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. And just wow. to get the story in it, it's really cool. It would okay. be cool if it's like that. I you know I still keep quarters around for a random Pac Man machine. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> you were at a oh, we were at Nexus, and you were passing the time. You just popped in. I was tight, man. Yeah. Or what were you playing over there? Uh oh, I was playing some like. Anime gun slinging. Yeah, it was, type I've thing. never yeah, seen that it thing before. was dope, Tight. man. Well, check it out next time. Yeah, 
What you got for news? Um, what do I have? Uh, so this year marks the 20th anniversary of Hush. Oh, snap. The Jeff Loeb, Jim Lee, Scott Williams, all the Alex Sinclair. Alex Sinclair? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know who the colorist is. Sorry. But it's the 20th anniversary of that phenomenal 12-issue run that really, like, I think that was Jim Lee's breakout at DC Comics right after he had sold Mm -hmm. uh, Wildstorm to Warners or DC at the time. And, like, everyone was speculating what's going to be his big, first project out of the eight because Jim Lee made a name for himself at Marvel mm-hmm. drawing Punisher, Alpha Flight, X-Men. I would have loved to have seen him on an Avengers book. Man, that would have been so cool. Yeah. But do you think uh, Hush is the one that really kind of... didn't he do any work in the, um, the like the Reborn kind of... Heroes Reborn. Fantastic Four. Yeah, he did like, Fantastic yeah. Four. Which kind of featured the? I think there was an issue where they featured like the Avengers, maybe, but I don't know if he did the interiors on it. He did, I think, the interiors of that book. How long did that last? Like a year? Yeah, I think he did the interiors up to issue eight, or maybe maybe the whole thing. But he had some help. Yeah, in okay. the middle there. Um, but yeah, just seeing him on a on an Avengers book that would be a really mainline cool. Avengers book would yeah. be cool. But yeah, Batman was his first big project. I think everybody was going nuts waiting for it. Yeah. And he used the entire rogues gallery. He threw Superman in there like an evil. Everybody does evil possess Superman. I think Jeff Lowe did it the best. Yeah. That was awesome. Gosh. So, um, but it's a 20 year anniversary. They're re-soliciting the book um, and they're adding like a, a backup story. Of five new like story pages, to, wow. I don't I don't know if it's continuing the story or or capping it off like a prologue or an uh, epilogue yeah. or something. Yeah, so. it sounds like a prologue length or epilogue. Epilogue. Epilogue is after. After, oh, yeah, yeah. My bad. It took me to school. Yeah. Armando, what you got? Um, so I don't know if I ever pronounced his last name right, but I've always been a big fan of Dale Keown's. Dale Keown. Keown. Yeah. Yeah, so he was a um, artist on the Hulk back with Peter Peter David as the writer back in the eighties, yeah. nineties, um, I think, and um, he started um, actually a YouTube channel and started posting. Uh, he's going to start, I guess, talking about his art and comics and stuff, which is really cool. But his fir- his first post, I guess, he got too excited and got kind of lit on his stream and fell asleep for oh, like shit. four hours. And so the first, there's actually like. There's actually like a good amount of time of him talking about comments and answering questions from fans and stuff. But then I guess he just got carried away and you just kind of see him start. I saw that. (laughs) I saw that. He was there for like, like you said, he was there for the first hour. And then he's like looking down at his desk and all of a sudden he like slumps. And and then he starts like you can tell that he's inebriated because he literally just starts rambling about, you know, his thoughts on like the MCU and the Hulk and the MCU and stuff. Yeah. And then he just literally passes (laughs) out. And so there's like four hours of him moving in his chair and things like that. So I thought that was pretty fun, man, because, you know, sometimes you don't get to see, you know, behind, you know, comic creators real life or how they, you know. Just how they are in, in their their own normal setting because you see them at conventions yeah. and stuff. So go follow his channel and, and I'm excited to see what kind of stuff he talks about and see what kind of stuff he he's working on. So when was the last time y'all did that? Passed out at the desk. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: I draw on the couch. Whoa! So oh, so, Danny. <laughs> so it's fairly common. It's not uncommon <laughs> to see me passed out with my drawing uh, like drawing board yeah. and and paper in front of me uh, i think christina's gotten a couple of pictures of me like that too see that that, that takes that changes my whole look of you as, a, as an illustrator because like i imagine like you locked yourself in this room and like uh, christina had like knock on the door to, to let you in or to get in and everything but yeah. you're on the couch just, i'm on the couch it's <laughs> no. awesome i i would like to have a room set up but right now i just you know all mm-hmm. my stuff is kind of all over the place so like in the living room so i just keep where i can see it yeah and i work that way like oh i need that ruler over there i need those pencils over there i need this sharpener right here what is it called that organized mess yeah Yeah. organized mess that's tight man it does work yeah because i have kind of like a well me and nick kind of split it but there's a bed in there so like i will work and then be like and just literally just slump out of my chair onto the bed and then 
So now I've been getting in the habit of working at the kitchen table so that I can kind of like, oh, yeah, I've stay gotta, up. I've got to do Sit this up. and yeah. then, you know, I'll put everything, organize it back up. So see, I can't write whenever I'm like laying on the bed or on the couch. Like I have to be sitting up at a bar or sitting mm-hmm. up at a, at a desk or something like that. I don't know why. Cause I feel like I'll just slump over or fall asleep. It happens. Yeah, no. it's comfy. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't you, you know? Like, I really got to break that habit. It's, <laughs> it's all good. not It good. makes me feel good that even the, the best of the best and the ones that worked on uh, the top of the line stuff still do that. Yeah. So oh. top of the line, I guess. I forgot. What <laughs> anchor did I see? He was, like, working at his kitchen table on a cardboard box. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> and he's uh, Mark Morales. Like he he's like he, a top of the line anchor, dude. And he was just at his kitchen table. He had like uh, like a shipping box, almost yeah. like the thickness of a comic box. Yeah, he had just had it, and he had the board on top, and he was just inking like like holding it with his hand, adjusting it with his hand whenever he needed to. Like it wasn't a desk or anything. Man, I seen um, like Drew Moss and like Elliot Fernandez work like at their jobs, like their second you know jobs they have, like on their lunch break, but like a full. Like in their car, like they've got a thing with Copics and a thing, and they're just like drawing. And Damn, big pages. Yeah, like I mean, you fit it in where you can make it. You know, For sure. Yeah. So. That's the dedication right there. Mm-hmm. But all right, y'all. Is that uh, it? Yeah. Are we ready to segue into? Uh, it's break time. Break. My bad. My bad. I, I'm Jesus Christ. We've got to promote our uh, sponsors. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Here we go. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Promote the sponsors. Okay, so sorry, my bad. Uh we have uh two sponsors that we need to go ahead and get throughout the way. Uh that was a horrible segue. Mm. Oh my bad. I'm like We'll work on it. We'll work I'm on it. Guys. We're working on it. I have issues like reading because y'all because we're on audio, so I'm looking at my laptop. I have an issue talking and then reading at the same time. I'm glad you like, I was so nervous <laughs> in school. Just cut it off. I have a problem yeah. reading. Yeah. For real. Yeah, I, I was reading, so guys. nervous in school whenever they called on me to read. Here we go, y'all. Uh, our first sponsor is uh, the LaSalle Shops, located at 223 LaSalle Avenue in Waco, Texas. Uh, this is a local business that has over 50 different 50 different vendors for antiques and collectibles. Uh, so if you have uh, uh, any kind of uh, uh, antique niche you're looking for, head over to LaSalle Shops. You're guaranteed to find something that you'll be liking. Uh, there's also a bunch of comic books over there, too. A bunch of artwork from originals, uh, original artwork from Armando over there. Uh, and then we also have uh, De La Nina.co, handmade clay jewelry, uh, con mucho amor. Uh, visit uh, Instagram at De La Nina.co to see behind the scenes process of how the jewelry is made. And be sure to stop at Cultivate 712 on September 24th and visit the De La Nina.co booth at the Groovy Market. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Good job. Awesome. Thanks. I'll get better at that. Yeah. Let's and take a break. Let's take a break and we're going to segue into some rogue media ads. Welcome back to the Longbox Podcast, presented by Plus Waco Comics and Rogue Media Network. We're here with the bulk of today's episode, all about Namor, the Submariner. Namor, the Submariner. Uh, the first mutant. Uh, I thought he was Marvel's first superhero. I was wrong. I'm about to get a history lesson. I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, on the desk, we have a bunch of Namor books and a bunch of books that feature Namor. Uh, we have the Defenders. We have the New Avengers Illuminati. Uh, we have a couple Namor solo books. Um, I'm ready to dive into it. I Damn think it. he was Marvel's first boldest ass hero. I know that's right. Going out there in just bikini shorts. <laughs> Boy. Was that like a style? Or is like he's he looks so different from all the other characters. He's literally just wearing a speedo. I think they yeah. wanted to give him that swimmers. You know, because yeah, he's he's in and out of water. So if you saw an issue where he was out of water, you wanted to like associate with him with like, oh, that's the guy that swims. You yeah, know, that's the guy that's a swimmer. We didn't have the like the body mm-hmm. speedos suits or anything. We yeah, he has a, a one outfit that's like he has a black suit on with the the, the, the popped collar. Oh you know? yeah, and, yeah. Um, I think that's when he started in the X Men, right? I, I'm not sure. No, sure. there's like early, early on in the 70s. Oh yeah, they well, decided to change him up. They right. didn't want they didn't want to walk him around in chones. Yeah, <laughs> he had the the wingspan. Yeah, with the black. Yeah, that's, can you yeah. imagine walking down uh, Manhattan somewhere in just your underwear <laughs> and trying to hail a cab? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah that 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 costume was in like super villain team up and stuff where yeah. they had those where he was like, and also he was being more 
you know, kind of portrayed more at that time, like as a villain, you know, because at first he kind of yeah, he had a lot of team ups with like Doctor Doom mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Which was was a lot of my earlier introduction to Namor was that um, super villain team up and like the two in ones and stuff like that. Yeah, um, with other characters, but he's man. I I think the reason that I love like Namor is he's so unapologetic. Like he's just always stuck by whatever his code, his moral code. He's about it with whoever, whenever, you know, if you're going against him, like he's not going to give you any slack. He, you know, you yeah. show your true self in front of him. He's a king. Yeah. I was going to say and that. He's, he's like accepted his role as king. Like he's, that's what he lives for. You know, he's uh, so, the leader of a sovereign nation mm-hmm. that covers three quarters of the earth. He's like, I'm not going to bow to anyone. No one, you know, deserves my uh, fealty. Exactly. So. I think that was so cool about him. Cause, uh, there's like a lot of uh, one of the stories where he's uh, like almost like a womanizer towards uh, uh, Sue. Not really a womanizer. Oh, he's a Mr. Steel your girl, bro. The, what, yeah. what, what's that one character in uh, Mr. Uh, Rick and Morty? Mr. Uh, Nimbus. Uh, Mr. Nimbus. Nimbus. They yeah. made a parody of him off of. Um, but like, man, he's, he's such a cool character. He's, he's really macho. He's, uh, uh, like the Mondo said, he's unapologetic, uh, and he's a king. He's a damn. I mean, but is he a womanizer? I mean, cause I feel like. I think it's just that kingly, that kingliness. That dominance, man. That yeah. like, he's, he knows what he wants. Cause doesn't he call himself Imperious Rex or is that like his own thing or is like, that's, his, it, battle that's his battle cry. Okay. I thought like he named himself some kind of yeah. sapien. No, no, it's Imperious Rex. Um, no, he, I mean, how would you act if you kind of lived on two worlds, was the ruler of an entire nation and could go toe to toe with the Hulk and Thor, you know, I would probably feel like the earth is mine. Like it's, it's like my responsibility, but also like just mine, Yeah, you know, but, um, Let's let's go ahead and dig into the, some of the history of Namor because the publication history runs pretty deep within the uh, the the Marvel roots, right? Yeah, I think it started in when it was Timely Comics. No, I think his first appearance was like in a little comic short, either a comic strip or a comic short, like 1939, I believe. Yeah, um, which was like owned by Timely Comics before it transitioned to Marvel, um, and then that was one of the biggest problems of them. Uh, moving forward with a lot of his storyline and issues and into media and like whatever they were trying to do shows or whatever it was because of those um, rights to that and stuff. Um, but he was introduced and he was a uh, half Atlantean, half human. His father was a uh, a seaman at sea. And <laughs> I guess I should say like a, a Navy officer. That's, there you go. A Naval, Navy officer. Naval officer. At sea. And, um, and, you know, met his mother who was an Atlantean. So that's how he was born, and he chose to um, live in that world of Atlantia. Um, Atlantis. Atlantis, sorry, Atlantia. Atlantis. There's Lu- there's another one, Lumia, Lumeria. I think it was that they were going at war with. Or there was a good, uh, yeah. Mm. So close. Right, so then Kinda after. Mixed up. Yeah, and then, um, like Danny said, he started making his way into, once he got with Marvel Comics, he got his Submariner line run, uh, which was in, like, the 60s and stuff. Um, Prince Namor, the Submariner, and there you had interactions with uh, under like uh, Trident of the Inhumans. of the Inhumans, and started getting introducing into characters um, like the Fantastic Four and things like that. And then he moved to like the '80s where he started uh, being involved with everybody. He was in Two and Ones where he fought. Um, like in this issue we have here, he goes and saves Ben Grimm from Modok. Modok captures Ben Grimm. And is uh, testing out this X virus on Ben Grimm, and so he goes to um, to save Ben Grimm, um, and then he starts moving. You had in the '90s, you had this uh, reborn issue, which you thought was cool, Joey, earlier. That was kind of a reinvention of Namor into him being like this darker, muscular. You know, this impression. Jay Lee's the artist. Oh, before this, before this. Let me interject. Real no, fast. no, go ahead. Go ahead. John Byrne. Oh, yes. Was writing Namor. John Byrne yes. started this whole Namor line mm-hmm. in the late in the 90s. Yes. And what it was, was he took the character and modernized him. Mm-hmm. He turned him into the pseudo version of Marvel's Lex Luthor, where 
what he did. Namor used his uh, knowledge of all the lost treasures in the ocean and bought them up and then ended up buying like an oil yes. company. Like he's in a suit and, and he everything. becomes like this billionaire tycoon yes. dealing with <laughs> business, 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 business. And yeah. And um, he encounters like Iron Fist, like Iron, like he starts uh, crossing over with other characters, mm-hmm. being more active in right. the Marvel universe proper. Um, but he starts dealing with like they they created a, a pair of corporate greedy twins mm-hmm. for him to deal with, and he was really about trying to save the oceans at the time because oh, cool. because before that, his only interaction, the only reason he would come to land was you know for diplomatic reasons, you know, like in one I remember in one issue he like you know, had to come on land and he had to like go buy a suit. Like he literally walks on shore and his, and his chonies and like goes yeah. into a shop and it's like, I need a suit. Here's some gold. Like yeah. I'm only here for the day. Here's like, some doubloons. Yeah. yeah pretty yeah. much. So yeah, that's good. I forgot all about that. And then, um, he was there. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'd show up oh, at like the gosh. Baxter building. <laughs> like what's up Sue Storm with a yeah. fresh ass suit, man. Right? Like with a fresh cut and everything, yeah. bro. But he, yeah, he's been involved with like all. He, I mean, he's been a part of a lot of teams: um, the X Men, the Defenders, the Illuminati, the Invaders, the All Winners Squadron, All Winners Squadron, All Winners Squadron. That okay? Let me see. That the Invaders and the All Winners Squadron. Those are from the forties. Yeah, those are uh, World War Two teams right. that he was on with Captain America. And Joey's like struggling with the names. Like, not really struggling to read mm-hmm. them, but he's, you know, in his head, I know he's like, these names are lame. Yeah. But those were the names at the time. And remember, in our own book, we were trying to come up with a yeah. name for yeah. a World War II based team. Yeah. And you kept shooting everything down because it sounded corny. I'm like, but that was the time. Mm-hmm. That's how everything sounded. You have, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna write, in that mode, you have to accept it, you know, because it's have. a part of comic. Like it's a part of the history of how everything kind of led up to whatever. Yeah. So I mean, and that's that's just a quick aside that I want no, to that's throw a good out point. There. Because you know he was part of these teams, the Invaders, the All Winter Squadron. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 as goofy as they sound, they worked at the time. You would have kids running around after reading these books. Oh, I'm part of the All Winter Squad. And it wasn't anything. Joey, Joey is too used to like wildcats and wet works and all these shitty wet works. shitty modern superhero modern. team names. <laughs> well, everything is taken. That's the, that's the problem. Oh, man. Like uh, I think, uh, like, spoiler alert. Uh, like, I think the first name that I thought of was like uh, the Pantheon. Like it's it's a new generation of uh, uh even that was used by uh grant morrison See, fuck i didn't know that i saw not the, the, not directly but that's what he that's what everyone referred to the justice league of the 90s as well see nowadays and i don't know if this is good or bad or not but whenever i'm getting an idea an idea for a character or, or, or a team like what i'm doing is like i'm googling uh that name and then comic book seeing if there's like something yeah. already popped mm-hmm. up and there's like four or five different indie books with uh the uh, the Pantheon and the Protectors and yeah. uh, you know the guard, the new Guardian. Oh, right, that's already there because everyone's trying to be modern. Yeah, and, you know, like oh, we need a name like the Avengers. And remember, the Avengers were developed in the '60s. Mm-hmm. So, which came, which came first, the Avengers spy TV show or the Avengers comic or movie? I'm sorry, that the Avengers so the movie. Avengers spy TV show is a UK product. Mm-hmm. They probably came out around the same time. Okay, maybe okay. not. I, I think know. I think the Avengers comic came out like sixty six, sixty seven, and I think the TV show might have been sixty three, sixty four. Definitely within the same decade. Yeah, like, yeah, they were both from the sixties though, because mm-hmm. the first comic out of Marvel, like proper, was the Fantastic Four. At the time, like all these comics with the Submariner and Namor. Captain America, the Invaders, All Winter Squad—they were still timely comics. They hadn't transitioned to Marvel comics just yet. Well, I didn't realize Namor was in Timely. I just thought that he kind of came on in whenever that first bit of, uh, uh, like, the World War II comics that Captain America came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the Human Torch and Toro. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realize it was that long. But because whenever you think about it, you said Fantastic Four. 
Namor has been on the Avengers. He's been on the All Winter Squadron, the Invaders. He's been on the X Men. He's been on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I already say Fantastic Four? You mentioned them. Oh well, he's been on the Fantastic Four. He's been on damn near every single, like, big blockbuster team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, right. Man, I uh, one of the things that makes me curious about him is that why he hasn't been kind of uh, in the forefront of comics, like uh, characters like Captain America, like because Cap. I mean, it's obviously a bit different because Cap is obviously symbolic of it, but uh, with Namor being a wartime hero. How come do you think he hasn't gotten as much prominence as like a Captain America has? Because like you walk down, you ask anybody, you know, randomly now that you know Namor is out in the MCU now. Mm-hmm. Now he's starting to get noticed and you know it's, recognition. But beforehand, he that wouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a long way to ask that question. I'm sorry. I think it's harder to like. It's harder to market a water-based hero. Like, look how long it took to make Aquaman kind of cool. Mm-hmm. He wasn't cool in the 60s? Like in the, like in in the 60s? Hell yeah. No. He was cool in the 40s when he'd throw a polar bear at your ass. Yeah. That happened? Yeah. What happened to that guy? They, they thought it was marketable to have him riding, surfing on dolphins. We'll, and... we'll get back to that later on. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I mean, like, comics... Some certain characters took big hits mm-hmm. in the sixties, in the fifties and sixties, when the comics code was enacted, trying to take away or strip down the origins of these characters. Like Batman carried a gun, and I think he killed his first three villains that he ever went up against. And then all of a sudden, the comics code like you can't you can't show this to kids. Yeah, you know. And so they stripped him down. They turned him into the Biff Pow Boom Batman. Uh, and you got the TV show, which really, like, until Neil Adams came and mm-hmm. and Denny O'Neill and redid Batman as this dark brooding detective, you all that's all people knew. Even up until the Tim Burton film, that's all people knew about Batman. The same thing with Aquaman. The first time media shows him, he's riding a giant seahorse. And I'm not talking about the Super Friends cartoon. I'm talking about the cartoon from the 60s that DC had with like him, the Green Lantern, the Atom, and the Flash. They had that like a, a separate Justice League cartoon where they all s- starred independently, mm-hmm. aside from like the Superman suit, the adventures of Superboy and the new Batman and Robin adventures and everything where they introduced Batmite, stuff like that. It really took, um, a lot of the bite away from characters and Namor is one of those, like Mondo said at the beginning, he's an uncompromising character. Right. It's hard to portray him during this time. Right. You know, he was in the Marvel, like in the Marvel still life, uh, action cartoon. Oh yeah. This in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Sixties. But even then, you know, they were, they were ripping books and just, you know, putting them on animation. But it was still hard to to kind of portray that. He showed up in the Spider-Man uh, cartoon, uh, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, uh, with like, what, Seven Little Heroes? Right. That one. Um, but showcasing, which would have been neat if they had the technology and information that we have today about what happens underneath, you know, underneath the ocean mm-hmm. surface. It would have been easier to portray him and get him out there to the masses. Um, when Marvel was going through their bankruptcy, they sold a lot of characters off to try to uh, stay stable. Namor was one of them. Mm-hmm. They sold the rights to... Universal? Yes, mm-hmm. Universal. Him and the Hulk went to Universal. Uh, and that's why there's been like so much problem. That's why there's still problems showcasing the Hulk. I think those rights have finally gotten cleared up. Right. And that's why we have Namor in uh, coming up in the uh, Wakanda Forever movie. Um, But uh, you still don't have like a Namor movie proper by itself. Like I think had his rights been cleared, he would have, he might've shown up earlier because it was definitely a tease. Right. uh, During civil civil war. No. Ultron, Age of Ultron. Yeah. Where uh, Bruce the... Banner. No, no, no. Iron Man 2. 
Was it Iron Man 2? I thought it Iron was Man Age of 2. Ultron. No, Iron Man 2, where he's sitting with uh, with Nick Fury, and Nick Fury has the maps all around him. He's got, like, little target spots on the globe. Oh, okay. And there's, like, one in Atlantis, or where Atlantis is supposedly supposed to be. So, Which is neat. Coming up in uh, Wakanda Forever, if you notice, if you go back, Atlantis is lower on the map. In the southern hemisphere, off the coast of Africa, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense the way they're portraying it now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a lost Aztec culture or something like that. You think which this, is cool? You think they planned it that that far ahead? No, <laughs> no, no. Uh, stories have come out since uh, after Endgame or whatever that Kevin Feige didn't really have a. Everybody thinks that he had a roadmap leading up to Infinity War and Endgame. He really didn't. He was putting pieces together as they went, and when they fit, they fit, and he he would greenlight it. But he didn't. He didn't sit down like your favorite writer might and plan out a ten year timeline. He knew what stories he wanted to tell, and he knew how to go in and fix some of the narrative to fit back into the overall plot. But as a, as far as like a 10 year roadmap, he didn't really have one. It just happened to line up nicely with a bow at the end. It's pretty tight, man. I, uh, it makes me wonder if we're going to get any kind of nods to Namor's history in the MCU. Like if we're gonna get like a flashback to because we already saw the Human Torch in uh, what was it Captain America? We saw him in the little tube. Like, yeah, the Jim uh, Hammond Human Torch. Yeah, so we saw three of the four invaders already. So well, I think that's. I think we're just missing Toro, his little sidekick, but he's not important. I mean, they might mention it. I don't. I I think for the development of him in the MCU, I don't think it would be like a big deal if they didn't. You yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, because it's an ancient it's an ancient civilization. Who knows about ancient civilizations, as far as like actual you know discoverers and and um, archaeologists and stuff who can't who have their limits as well, you know. But, but yeah, that's a that's a good point of <clears throat> of Namor of why he I don't think he's as prominent because even on a creator level, a lot of writers and artists respect him his place in comics as a regal. Um, behind the scenes kind of strong character yeah and if you you oversaturate with all these interactions and you know you have to start pointing out like his weaknesses and his you know who could beat him and who and it just takes away from that that regalness of him for sure um but but man he's like at the same time he also has intricate parts in um storylines moving forward and stuff one of my favorites is um the initiative which is a aftermath um short six miniseries of after civil war. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And um he's kind of blamed for um this terrorist attack in Kentucky. Um uh, because if you know if you've read Civil War, which you I think all of us have and a lot of viewers have, you know, Nitro blows up this school bus full of kids and that what's leads to, you know, the registration act and all that. And um one of the um new warriors is Namorito, which is Namor's cousin. So he goes in and literally takes nitro and, and helps him uh holds him captive um in atlantis he was like this is our business we're going to deal with it um but then a terrorist attack happens and so tony stark who's still salty about him um taking captain america's side is like oh we're going to go investigate with shield and he's like look this is you know i didn't do this i don't know who did this all this kind of undercover stuff they find a duplicate dead body of namor so they think he's dead but also he's alive so they're like what's going on and in the last issue, <laughs> he blows up Atlantis along with his own son in order to wipe a clean slate with um, um, land dwellers. Like he's like, here, I'm going to take care of the problem for you. I'm going to blow up Atlantis. But they find that he's evacuated. There's this big tunnel that he's evacuated to. To Latveria, he goes and is like, Doom's like, welcome, friend. Like now his his army, his whole uh, fleet, of Atlanteans is, is uh, half of them are living in Latveria. And then the rest of the Atlanteans are, and this is a cool part that I forgot to mention is in like on earth, like they're, they've 
uh, what, what would you call it? infiltrated society? And they're going to be like, all right, if shit goes down, we're in your, you know, we're going to live amongst y'all. But if shit goes down again and y'all try to like come for Atlantis or Namor, we're going to wreck. We're in your population. Like, and so like he gives no fucks. He's just like, I'm going to do what I have to do for my people and stuff. That's another cool thing that, um, name about Namor. He's able to, uh, side with whomever is for him and his people first. Uh, he sided with Captain America when the threat of Nazism Mm -hmm. was, you know, covering the world, not just land, but you know, they had U boats and everything underwater. They were exploring underwater, trying to take over shit. They, in the comics, they knew about Atlantis. So of course he's going to fight against them to protect his people. He's aligned himself with the fantastic four, you know, for his people. He's aligned himself with Dr. Doom for his people. You know, whoever is for him yes. and his people, that's, you know, that's where his allegiance will lie for the moment. Um, we got some uh, user or viewer questions. Okay, cool. What we got? Um, number one, and, and these are all pertaining to the Wakanda Forever trailer and Namor uh, that debuted a few months back. Uh We've been sitting on them for a little while waiting for this episode specifically. Uh, number one, do you think they should have introduced Namor the Submariner earlier in the MCU or is this perfect timing? If so, what do you hope for from his character being introduced? I think we talked about talked a little bit ago about uh, his rights kind of holding him up mm-hmm. yeah. from being, uh, being brought out in the MCU earlier. Um, Even if rights weren't, an issue and they decided to still wait. I still think um, it's perfect timing. Perfect timing, but uh, we could have had like some nods whenever they were in the uh, the in Captain America, the museums, uh, whenever they had, you know, the Howling Commandos and all that. Maybe some kind of like snippet of uh, Ocean Dweller or some, you know, Submariner, you know, some kind of uh, link to the, the invaders or something. You know like what that. I would have had? Nothing. <laughs> Why? Why do you think I'm that that much of a hater? What, would you, you think what, what would you have? In Captain America, when they found his, at the very opening, oh. when S.H.I.E.L.D. is in Antarctica, mm-hmm. and there are not, or the Arctic Circle, yeah. sorry, the Arctic Circle, and they're discovering the ship, and they're you know, like drilling down into the ship, I would have had a shot from underneath in the water, and a silhouetted figure just kind of yes. standing there, and you'd hear the boom. of them kind of like working on the ship from the inside out and him just kind of just kind of floating in the water and then swimming away. Like monitor, like what's going, like just coming for like, I would have had like a a small cameo like that of introducing. Yes. Because look, man, it's like if, if we would have introduced him, you have to think like the MCU while it's still like, you know, paying homage to the comics and trying to, it still has to appeal to people who have never read comics. And so, you know, if you introduce like, yeah, we would see, oh, that's, you know, Namor's thing in a museum or him swimming underwater or whatever. We would expect that. When's he going to show up? Right. Yeah. But for for new newer fans, newer fan of comics and these characters, they have to, they have to get introduced to these core characters like Captain America, Iron Man. They have to be the focus. And so now that the MCU is, is moving forward, it's, the universe is already established. So now we can kind of drop these characters in. And then maybe, like you said, later go back and, oh, here's like a brief history. Or he mentions, oh, I was I was actually, you know, half human. So I know something, yeah. you know, to where. My condolences for the loss yeah. of, your, of your Captain Rogers. Yeah, you know, yeah. We were friends once. You know, right. some, something some, like that. Some, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. then it just gets oversaturated and, you, you, you know, you lose interest because you're like, oh, I'm never going to see him because I'll never show my favorite character or whatever, you know. Um, the second half, uh, what do you hope from his character? I think we've talked about that. Just being regal yes. and being ready to kick ass for his people. That presence, man. Yeah. And also that presence of knowing like if, you know, the next big bad, the next big threat that he will be an option that you might see, you know, I, I could even wait, you know, six or seven movies with no action from him, honestly. And that one lead up of him just wrecking whoever they fight or whoever would be amazing to see. They were pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. What about you, Joey? What do you, oh, are we about time for? Oh. Yo, go ahead. Ask Joey. No. Are you, what are, what are you looking forward to from him? 
Um, from what you've researched and what you think and how cool he would be. Honestly, I'm I'm really because he's like the Marvel hero. I mean, I know he's not the most marketable one, but he, to me, he is the Marvel hero. He has the history. He's been yeah. on the teams. Uh, he's like the king of Earth, almost damn near three quarters of it at least. Uh, it's like in universe, he. I feel like he would be one of, if not the main guys, always on the front line. You know, even though Atlantis is his people. Um, you know, the I, I'd like to see him uh, really come out of that shell and uh, still be a king, still has his, have his kingly status, uh, but make it known, like make it make him out there. Kind of like how, not exactly, but you know how in uh, Black, like you're in Civil War, uh, the King T'Chaka brought out uh, Wakanda out of the shadows. Mm-hmm. I kind of would like to see something like that happen with Atlantis. Or, or whatever they're calling it. King T'Challa. T'Chaka. Brought was Wakanda it? out of the shadows in Black Panther. In Civil War, they were just uh, signing uh, part of the Accords Agreement. Okay. Like were, it was more diplomatic it stuff. Was a more, it, yeah, not the Accords, but they were signing something where they were in agreement to do something. And they, because even in Black Panther, they still didn't realize all the technology and everything that they'd had. Mm-hmm. You know, they died. He died. King T'Chaka died with everyone still thinking, oh, you know, they're a bunch of goat farmers. No. Mm-hmm. Shit. I messed up on that one. It's cool. I got to come in with some notes, man. I, I did, but then, like, I, I just I messed it up. I uh, But one of the things that I'm looking forward to is the the new representation that we're going to have uh, for this, uh, the Aztec culture, this really oh, cool yeah. uh, mix. Cause I love uh, whenever they throw any kind of like historical things in with the superheroes, it's always fun for me. Um, and I'm just really looking forward to, to seeing what happens, man. I don't know what's, what's going to go on. I'm really excited. That's kind of how happening. I am too. Cause you know, all we've ever had really, you know, his backstory was that, you know, his, his dad was a Naval. Anybody can be a Naval officer, any race, any, you know, they're literally traveling, moving around. It's not, yeah. you know, specific to a race. But he's always been portrayed as kind of, you know, they, they gave him the slanted eye, so people assume he's Asian and, and want to go that I remember uh, Luke Evans was like a big player or a big uh, fan cast for him um, for a while. I can oh, see that. Yeah. I can see it. But I'm happy they chose uh, you know, Tinoch Huerta. I'm pretty, I haven't seen any of his work aside from uh, Narcos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm pretty excited to see him as his name more, and um, I'm just shit. I'm, I'm ready have you have you read fights. the Illuminati? Have you read the not not this one? Oh, dude, I think you will be more excited for him in the MCU if you read that. Yeah, the Illuminati. This in is a, little, in a uh, room full of powerful people, mm-hmm. like the most probably the most powerful people in the entire MCU. Namor still sits there and shows them how it's done. Tight. Yes. So that's a uh, new Avengers Illuminati uh, one through five. Yeah, mm-hmm. tight. I'll go look that one up. Do you have all of them? I think so. I just brought a couple today just so tight. I could make room for for these stories. But I could look it up. All right, and now it's time for a break. You got it. And we're back to the Longbox Podcast presented by Plus Wiggle Comics and Rogue Media Network. We're here for our wrap-up and our, our uh, last thoughts on, on Namor. We uh, spent a good time talking about the publication history, talking about his powers, his personality. Uh, he's, he's the king of Marvel, uh, if you could title him that, I guess. He thinks he would be the king of Marvel, I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, for sure. for sure. If he was in real life, he would totally be like... Why aren't y'all writing stories about me? My, my ledgers, my my legends should be on paper. You know, I think so, man. He would probably be the one. Uh, so there's a, I think there's a, a story. They're giving him an old man Logan kind of story coming in uh, October. I think a oh, hundred wow. years in the future. Oh, or like Namor wins. No, kinda. Like, what? Where uh, Atlantis? It's not really uh, Namor wins. It's just Atlantis survives. Mm. Like, uh, yeah. There's a, a cataclysm that happens, and then there's something that goes on. Uh, I think it was like th- uh, the outer circle or some kind of group. Um, and then like the earth is ravaged and then it's, you know, Namor kind of 
being at the end of the end of that line. But I forget um, who's writing it, but Pasquale Ferry is drawing it, ooh, and that's uh, that's a really good artist. Tight. But no, uh, final thoughts for Namor, man. I he has a lot of history for the Marvel universe. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff. Like he, I think in universe he has the first superhuman fight in New York with Human Torch. I think that's still a that was the first crossover. I think. Oh, was it? I was going by the the Marvels uh, run where. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, like because the Human Torch was public publicly being published at the same time. He was the first a hero for Marvel Comics. But that happened in real life, like the real per, uh, the real publication. The, they fought for the first time for real. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just thought that was in universe thing. That's no. cool. This is like the first crossover book Marvel had. Because it's two opposing forces, fire and water. Yeah. And they were like, what if we put them in a book together? And they did. Uh, that story is famously told. You can ask a lot of the older comic guys, and they'll they'll tell you, yeah, they knocked that 22 pages, 24 pages out in a weekend. They had, like, a guy in a Jeez. tub. They had, they had guys at, yeah. at the kitchen table writing, drawing, scripting at the same time, guy in a tub. Uh, inking and then passing it on to the colorist mm-hmm. who was there all in like one small apartment. Yeah. They were told Friday afternoon, make this book happen. And they had to have it by Monday morning. That is so. fucking awesome. I think Alex Ross did a painting that like tributes that. Like, I remember him seeing painting a bathtub yeah. with, with yeah. Namor or something in it, but man, that's cool. Yeah. So my last thoughts is he's awesome. I hope he continues to at least be a presence in comics and movies and whatever. I mean, he's just always been my, like one my number one dudes and is like I'm looking at this issue here and uh just his like you know he's they send Venom to come fight him, right? Venom, right? We all hate Venom here. And like he's washing Namor. But like Namor's like eating it like on purpose. So you can tell he's like he's not he's like, dude, get out of my way. He just keeps taking Yeah. And and Venom like rips his wings off of his of his, of his ankle. Fuck. That's just so insane. his reaction you would think would be like, Oh no, I have to go like medic he he literally is like of all the battles I have enemies and I have fought and all the enemies I have faced. How is it that this second rate piece of filth is the one who defiles me? And then yeah. he just goes on with the mission. He like flies, falls, and then just flies away, like with bloody ankles and stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. Like he it, you know. And what book is that one? This is part of the initiative run, the the Submariner, the one that happened right after Civil War. Damn, he has so many cool moments. Yeah, right dude, now. he's yeah, he's awesome, man. So I hope they they kind of keep at least in comics and um you know, I'm excited to just see him on screen, period. But in comics, I hope they continue to use him in that kind of that front. So got it. Danny, what about you, man? Uh, I think my favorite moment or most impactful moment is the it's the Internet meme of Namor warning Doom not to toot the horn. <laughs> what? And Doom toots as he pleases. He's got like a big clamshell. It's from it's from an old Marvel team up or Fantastic Four issue. Dude, this is it right here. This yeah. is it. Right yeah, yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when they enter the Fantastic Four. Let me find the horn while you're talking there. Yeah. So like, it, and it Namor uses it to call forth gigantic sea beasts, and Doom oh, is yeah. using it to try to do the same. There's the horn, but the internet, undefeated as always. <laughs> Has changed the wording to fit Doom Toots yeah. as he pleases. Doom I just love that. And and knowing that they've interacted God, multiple man, times. Their interactions are yeah. so great. Like, yeah, in this episode, he comes to like Doom comes to fight Namor and he's just like, just sit and we'll we'll talk. And then if we want to fight, we can fight. And then they just like we'll team up. Because they're both royalty. Yeah. They're both kings. That respect, you know? So, yeah. But yeah, for sure. Damn it, man. That's so cool. So yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready to see Namor in the MCU. Heck yeah. I feel like I'm gonna come out that shit my cheese as hell. Yeah, dude, like, you a, should, man. He he gets me wanting to like Yeah, you should go, you should go in uh shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do some push ups before that, man. Yeah. You got some shout outs before we end this one? Maybe get some sun on it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that glow from the theater in the middle seats? That's just Joey's chest. So hey, <laughs> cell phones off, people. Yeah. Cell phones off. So, over there with baby oil. <laughs> All right. Shout outs. Oh, my wife. Uh, first shout out to my wife. Uh, also, shout out to uh, Carter over at Bankston's. Uh, whenever I went in asking for a name more book, uh, this is the first one that he recommended. Uh, and it was pretty cool. I read the rest of it. and It was really awesome. So uh, Submariner, The Depths, 
Uh, shout out to Carter. He has a YouTube channel. You can look up his uh, uh, reviews at his comic reviews at Johnny Two Chips. So shout out to Carter. Okay. Amanda. Mm, shout out to Namor, the Submariner, for, yeah. for really making me love comics. Um, that was, really did. And um, shout out to my wife also. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Rogue Media. Um, shout out to our, all our sponsors. Yeah. We have sponsors now. That's it's weird. So, yeah, I'm I so keep weird. having to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shout out to my wife as well. Shout out to you guys as well. Uh, shout out to my doctors trying to keep me alive. Hey. I've been dying for the last two months, <laughs> slowly killing myself, and I did not even realize it. My doctor this week was like, yo, you got to stop, bro. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, shout out to Dr. Go. If he's listening, he's not. Oh, um, Dr. Go. Anyways. He's um, like, I thought that dude died. Yeah, for real, for real. So, all right. Well, this has been fun talking about Namor. Uh, like I said, I can't wait to see him in the MCU. I want to see him wash Wakanda. Yes. Like he did during uh, 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 Avengers versus X-Men. Oh, man. Oh, God. Such a great moment. Yes. But the the battle between him and Black Panther also, again, Kings, you know, it was like uh, Namor and Doom. We can talk and then we can fight. You know, but it was more like, I will kill you. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> so that was it for y'all. Volume two, episode three, bomb box. Peace. See y'all later. Be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to see what we have to say. You can find us on social media. You can find Joey at Joey Gonzalez. Um, you can find me at Armando Ramirez underscore art, and you can find Danny at Imaginary Heroics. And you can find Plus Waco Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Plus Waco Comics. Excelsior. <laughs> Sweet Christmas. Sweet Christmas. <laughs> Throw a couple of them in there. Curse you, Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Holy tuna fish sandwich, Batman. <laughs> Imperious Rex. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.